Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Lee Ritma is a real estate investor and entrepreneur with a mission to empower people to build wealth through real estate and lead the life of their dreams. In the four years since Lee started investing in real estate, she has purchased over a hundred rental doors and transacted over a hundred million dollars in real estate. Lee is also the founder of VestMap, a prop tech tool that empowers real estate investors to quickly make data-driven decisions. She has been featured on the Bigger Pockets podcast and magazine, Coach Carson, and the Wild. West real estate show. Lee also happens to be my sister-in-law and one of my favorite people. And I'm so happy to have you on the show. Welcome Lee Bird. Thank you so much, Krista. It's great to be with you today. It's great to be with you today. We've been having such a great few days hanging out. Um, We're actually in the same place, which is great. And one thing that I was just thinking about before we started recording is like how you're sort of thrown in with these total strangers as in-laws. Right. And like now we're sisters (laughs) and, and I feel like we're friends now. And like, we were, it's kind of backwards because like we were sisters first and then had to form a cool friendship off of that. And now we've spent a lot of time sailing together and, um, just really getting to connect. And it's been really cool to watch you and clay, um, for everyone listening. Uh, Lee is, Clay's sister and partner at Best Map, which we've talked about briefly on the podcast last time Clay was on. And we just get to talk all the time and hang out all the time. And Clay and Lee are a lot alike. And Lee's partner and I get along really well. And it's just like, I'm like very grateful to be in this space of growth um, where I feel like we, we all are right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been really fun. You're, you know, your family you know, they, people marry in and it's been really great, like getting to know you. And I, you know, I know how happy you make clay and you've had a really interesting influence on my life because, you know, when I first said I wanted to quit my job, you were all about like, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to talk, you need to get this astrology reading (laughs) and you're so much more on the, well, like the oovy groovy side of life. And I'm so analytical, scientific, you know, and, but I was open to it because you suggested it. And so a lot of that has actually really been really helpful. And so I'm actually really just grateful for you being in my life. And I'm so glad you married my brother. Oh, Lee, that means so much. I know one of my favorite interactions, you've come a long way, I have to say. 
because <laughs> I remember we were FaceTiming like, I don't know, four years ago, five years ago. And I was down in Baja with clay and I had like just gotten all these new crystals and I was like stoked and like wearing all these necklaces. And we were like, just FaceTiming to catch up and say hi. And you're like, Hey, Krista, sweet crystals. <laughs> like Just like, <laughs> what do I say to her? And like from there to now. And one thing that we were talking about this morning that I really appreciate about you, like one, you were open to it, but two, I find curiosity to be something that's like really undervalued. And that's something we were, we were chatting about this morning and just like your curiousness, curiousness to other ways, you know, of doing things, whether it be business, whether it be, um, whatever it is. And like that keeps a door open to learning new things. And I do want to talk a little bit more about how manifestation and astrology and this sort of woo-woo energetic way of thinking of the world has complemented your analytical sort of data, data driven, because to me, it's a very much like East meets, East meets West approach where you need both. Like you can't just like sit around and, you know, do meditations and manifest in all of this kind of stuff. It also requires action, um, which I know you're really big on. So I'm excited to dive in, but the reason why I had you on the show and why I wanted to have you on the show is because you have made an incredible life change over the last, I don't know, few years. And from seeing you say, I think I want to quit my job to now, like literally doing everything you said you wanted to do and thriving at it in, in a very short period of time. Like I really believe in rapid transformation and it's incredible what you've been able to accomplish. So to just share um, with my audience and sort of introduce yourself and, and give a little bit more background on this change you made, why you made it, and just the high level journey from going from a full-time botanist um, to now a real estate mogul that's so well-known, my realtor was like, do you <laughs> happen to be related to Lee Ritma? <laughs> so- <laughs> That's huge, you know, and it's not been that long. So tell us the story, whatever feels important to share. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. And it is funny that your realtor actually recognized my name. That is the good thing about the last name that you have married into is that there's not very many Ritmas in the world. So it's great for SEO. <laughs> it's great for name recognition. So uh, yeah, so I really took the standard path you know, I always liked math and science in school. And so I, and, and was very drawn to the natural world and just being outside and going on kind of adventure type things. You know, I got scuba certified when I was 12 years old. I mm. started, you know, I went backpacking, like I did all of these things that people would maybe say, I can't believe you go do that. You know? And I'm like, I kind of can't believe you don't, you know, like there's a whole world out there. And I think I've always really wanted to just experience everything in the world that I could. And so, but I, but I did follow that standard path. So, you know, I went to undergraduate, you know, I did an undergraduate degree in ecology, and then I worked as a, a biological consultant. So helping people comply with environmental laws for several years. And then I went back and got my master's degree in evolutionary biology, studying plant systematics, which is the way that plants are related to each other. And, you know, to me, it's so fascinating to just think about the world. And there's such a long history of the world with no humans on it. And just thinking about the way that plants and animals 
colonized the world and changed and grew. So I really am fascinated by all of those things. And so it was great doing that degree. And then I was using it to get sort of a better job, which I was successful in doing. And then I was working for like a small biological consulting company and I really helped like build up the company. And then I got to this point where I actually, because I had hired out all of the roles in the company, I didn't have that much to do. And then the people who owned the company were like, wait, where are all your billable hours? And it was like this aha moment, like, oh, I did everything right except for I built this for someone else. Mm. And so I really just had this epiphany of, hey, you know, I've got to get out of working for other people. And I just came home from my job. And Jamie still talks about it. I came home and I was like, I all jobs are dead end jobs. Like I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't work. And she was kind of like, what are you talking about? Everyone does, everyone has this career and you know, everyone works for other people. Everyone have has jobs. And I was like, no, I can't, I can't do it. And so I really, it really set me on this path of learning about real estate. I had this idea that I could become a tiny house developer. And so because I had this idea of becoming a tiny house developer, instead of sitting around and being like, oh, I'd like to do that. I wonder how you do that. I actually learned how to value commercial real estate and kind of struggled through like, okay, how does commercial real estate work? And then I was able to underwrite my own idea, vet my own idea. And then I realized that it actually wasn't a good idea. Hmm. And so it was Clay and Adam, Clay's friend, Adam, and they, I remember talking to them on the phone and they were like, okay, pitch us your idea. You know, I was like, okay, like I want to do this novel thing and you know, the future of living is small and I want to, and then they were like, no, they were like, why don't you just become like a regular real estate investor? Like just become like a regular real estate millionaire. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So that's what I did. I went out and I started purchasing rental properties and I just figured out, you know, how it worked. I didn't really know what I was doing at first when I bought my first projects, my first projects were a bit of a disaster, but they ended up working out. Real estate's pretty forgiving. And so, yeah, that's sort of, that that set me on the path of, you know, being able to go into real estate full time. And yeah. it really complements kind of those, anal, that analytical skill set because I know how to underwrite properties and I really understand how it's, how it all works. But I didn't when I started, you know, I just yeah. sort of, was like, if I do this, I remember the first project that I ever did. I got it under contract. I really didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, if I close on this property, it will open doors. And I do not know what doors it will open, but I will do this if it kills me, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. You were so passionate about it and it was so cool to see. And like, it's funny because when you talk about like, and use words like purpose or Dharma or things like that, it can actually feel kind of heavy. And when really all we're saying is like, what do you want to spend your time doing? Like, what is exciting to learn? Like I was just talking to Katie today who does our operations and she's taking a much bigger role on the finances side. And it's so cool to see her so excited. Like she's going to take this. I was just actually telling you about it. This like women led, um, program about investing, about budgeting, about finance, about portfolios, about all of this stuff. Um, and seeing her like, so excited about this thing that could potentially like have a massive impact on not only her life, but my business. So it's like really a win-win to support that. And just seeing the effect that 
making this change, you know, you've also changed where you're living. Like it's allowed you to actually like design so much of your life too, just outside your career. But you say that, um, I was just writing down before when you were talking, um, you said that like real estate and investing in real estate has like changed your life, um, for the better and impacted it in such a big way. And I would love before we like dive into the details of it, um, to just like share how it's affected your life, like outside of work, like in the sense of your mental health or like giving you more freedom or just, you know, that kind of thing, because I have just seen this incredible shift in like confidence, like how you're showing up. It's like, you've got this thing. You're super good at it. You love doing it. And how does that like affect everything else? Yeah, I think, you know, my primary driver is freedom and time freedom. And so what I really want to do is I want to wake up every single day and do whatever I want. And I'm very hardworking, but I still want to do it on my terms. And so the fact that I am able to do it on my terms now and be free from working for for other people, which gives me location freedom, it gives me time freedom. Now, I still work very, very hard. But I get to do it on my terms and I get to reap the rewards, right? Once I have, and I'm not quite there yet, but once I have it all done out where other people are doing all of the roles and I'm just kind of steering the ship, then I will, the the problem that I had with the other company that I described where I built it all up, but I didn't own it you know, I do own it now. Mm -hmm. And so I own, you know, my real estate brokerage business with a partner, and then I own VestMap with a partner. And so I am able to just put my energy into those things. And so it's changed my life because it's given me, it's increased my net worth. I mean, I, when I quit my day job or when I first started going on this path, I had taken the traditional path, right? I had gotten an undergraduate degree, gotten a graduate degree, gotten a job, my net worth was zero. Mm -hmm. Right. So I empirically proved that the standard path is just keeps you at a net worth of zero, right? Maybe you have a little bit of money in a retirement account, but you also have some student loans over here. Right. And so for me, it's really just been an incredible transformation of my net worth. And when you have that, you know, I could go and I could sell everything that I own and I could never work again. And just knowing that you can do that is so empowering because you never have to make a decision that is purely around the money. Mm. That just like makes me exhale just thinking about that. And I just, I love that for you. And I love the lifestyle you're creating from this big decision and like being open to things like astrology. And it's so funny. Like I can remember that. And I just like have, like when someone's about to make a big life decision, I sort of have my toolbox. Right. And one of the things that I suggested that you do is talk to my friend who's an astrologer. And I, I love that you did it. Like it's the openness, right? It's the curiosity. Like you can, you can lead a horse to water. There's so much, but it's like the action that you take is what's telling the universe what you're ready for and what you're calling in. Like it's such a clear projection. And so even just by being open to that and doing it, like, obviously you were going to have a good reaction because you were looking for a good reaction. Like we went for a walk last night, by the way, going for a walk with Lee, you can take the botanist out of 
botanist, botany industry or however I'm saying it, but you can't, I mean, every plant, um, it's so, so fun hanging out with Lee because it's like plants and business, my literal favorite things. Um, but anyway, we were talking about how you can like really design and create whatever it is that you want to create based on thoughts. And you literally and quote said, I love manifesting, which is like, I never in my life thought I'd hear Lee Ripma speak those words. So just to give the woo-woo side and the, the woo-woos in our audience some um, a pat on the back, I would love for you to share specifically how being open to that astrology reading and manifesting and sort of these more woo-woo, less analytical ideas has also like complemented your journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I am as you mentioned, analytical, scientific, all these things, but I'm also open where I will say, Hey, look, you know, Hey, you show up at my door, you got the book of Mormon there. I'll hear you out. Right. So whatever <laughs> the thing might be, I'm like, go ahead. Like I'm ready. I'll listen to whatever you've got to say or, but, but usually what I want is someone's personal experience. Anyway, I was just recounting to Jamie how I somehow, I don't know how this happened. I went to Jesus camp when I was like 15 and how I was like very, I'm like, Hey, look, I'm, I'm open. I'm open to this. I want to hear your personal story of transformation in your life from doing this. No one ever could share a personal story that was actually compelling to me, you know? And so my personal story of astrology that is compelling is I, you know, was open to doing the session. You kindly gifted it to me. And I just said, you know, here's what I want. You know, these are the things that I want, but I feel like I don't know where to put this energy. I need something that I can put my energy into. Like, these are the things, you know, I kind of went through it and I'm like, I just need a way to generate this much money so I can start a software company. And like, this is, you know, and I went through the whole thing and she really had a lot of insight into my personality and she was like, has it really just felt like you've been stuck in the mud for like two and a half years? And I was like, it really actually has. Like I've been doing all these things, but I'm not really making forward motion. And she said, okay, well you have this tailwind, like this tailwind is coming. Like you're going to get this, you know? And it just, I was like, okay. And, um, it just, it, there was a, there was things in that reading and in talking to her that she just never could have known about mm -hmm. me w without having some kind of astrology insight. So that I've definitely been open to that. And I've definitely been open to manifesting. I mean, at the beginning of this year, my partner and I had this big, my business partner had this big meeting and we set this, what sounded like an astronomical goal. And I just thought, how are we ever even going to make that goal happen? And now we're completely on track to make that goal. And so mm -hmm. if you set this big intention, I mean, I remember doing it with Jamie, my wife, and I said, okay, I want to be by 2024, I want to be fully retired. I want to be location independent. I want to live seasonally. I want to have like three locations. I, you know, I want to have the time to spend with our kids. Like I had this whole thing. And at the time I was like, I have no idea how we were going to make this happen and we will totally achieve it. You know? Yeah. So if like the power of setting those big goals and then the power of manifesting, like my partner and I even joke, she's like, okay, stop manifesting. Cause we can't keep up with all this business. Yeah. And so anyway, like that's, I guess my, my thing is that it really does work. You know, you say, you set this intention, like, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. Like once you get crystal clear on like, this is the thing I want, this is the thing I'm looking for. You really have to know that 
and then it will appear to you. I think there's two things. Yes. I'm so proud of you. I love this. I'm so here for this. And there's two things I want to unpack there. And one thing, just because I was talking to a friend of mine's, uh, her boyfriend last week, and he's not happy with his current career path and what he's doing. And I just sort of like did my Krista as I do, right. When somebody's mm-hmm. questioning things and sees an opportunity. Um, I mean, for anybody wondering my word, you know, my life sort of word is Dharma. And so whether it's in my business or not, I'm constantly motivated to help people step into that thing that like really lights them up and gets them excited of getting out of bed. And when they're not there, I make it my personal mission to help them get there if they're open to it. Step one. So last week I was talking to someone who was super open to it. Um, cause that's the first thing you have to like, sort of, it's like, you sort of have like, you need like approve or like, can, you know, a consensual, like, can I step into your energetic boundary right now and like unleash? And he said, yes, energetically. So when I asked him what he wanted to do, he didn't know. And so then I said, well, what are the top three things you want to spend your day doing? Right. Like you have to know. And so if you don't know, that's the place to start. Um, And so my first question for you, before we talk about the second thing, which is forward motion and taking action to be part two of manifestation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Is if you're in a place or in a position where you want to make this big change and you truly don't know, like, your advice, someone who just totally switched industries, like so much, like, what would you say to somebody? Like, where do they start when thinking about, and where did you start and thinking about, okay, what do I want to do? If this isn't, cause like, you know what you don't want to do, but to truly manifest, you need to know, like anybody listening, you just like stated very clear, like that is not open for interpretation. Um, and we could hear you loud and clear. And so could universe. So what is sort of step one in that, you know, if, if you, for entrepreneurs or, or somebody listening, that's just like, okay, I'm stuck. I'm in the mud. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that step one is that you always know, okay, I don't want to do this, but I think, and then you say, oh, like, this is common. I, I don't want to do this, but I don't know what I want to do next. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But so by knowing what you don't want to do and really naming that, I think you actually already have a lot more than you think you have. So, okay, well, like, let's go through, like, what are you doing all day? What about those things do you not like? Okay. What is the other, you know, where, what are the things that excite you every single day? Like people talk about like what feels light and what feels heavy. Like for me, if I can just sit down and actually like analyze data, that is so light to me. I could do that all day long. Mm -hmm. And like when I work on, we're developing these new features in best map. When I work on that, it feels so light to me. I love it. I just think, oh, I could just do this all day. It's like interesting And it's just an enjoyable way to spend my time. And I think a lot of people will kind of take this like cop out answer of like, oh, well, I just like want to nap or surf or whatever. Okay, great. Like, go ahead, go ahead, name everything you don't want and then go ahead and quit, like burn the ships, quit your job and then go surf and then go nap, right? Because you're not, that's actually not what you want to do. People want purpose and you're burnt, you know, you get burned out. And so you say, yeah, I just want to nap or I just want to surf or I just want to, you know, but there's more like people love, we're 
at our hearts, like these advanced problem solvers. And we want to solve problems. We want to help other people. We want to solve problems in the world. And so I think once you take the time to rest, if you don't know it, if you take that time to rest, then you're going to find it. And then whatever it is you're already doing or you're enjoying doing, and that feels light, there's something in that, you know? Yes. I think that's such good advice. And I'm so excited to dive into the real estate 411 because I feel like actually a lot of my friends and people in my circles are really excited about the idea of investing and don't really know where to start and don't really have a ton of resources out there. So I would love this to be, you know, part two of this pod to like really be a resource for people and for you to share your industry knowledge. That's like, been very quickly learned, you know, and, and it's possible to now pass this on to other people wanting to do it. But the last two things I want to talk about with this journey, because it's been such a cool journey to witness. And you have such a beautiful story of like now landing here and being able to do what you do. And I want to talk more about best map, but the last piece I want to touch on is forward motion and the power of forward motion, because we've talked about manifestation and you've taken a lot of action and just unpack that. Like, what is the power? Like, why is this so important to you? It really determines even who you want to surround yourself with. Like you really care, like my care for authenticity and for like that really strong drive. You, you love that in forward motion and and things like that happening. So I would love for you to just share anything that feels important around that, because I feel, especially in the spiritual world, there's a lot of talk on manifestation, but not a lot on action or why people don't take action or the fear of failing and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think I am big on that. Just taking action. Like, Hey, you, you know, you want to go do something? Well, go try it. I mean, what is the worst thing that could ever happen? Like, go ahead, play it out for me. Like at the end of it, you, will you be homeless? Will no one love you? Will your wife, husband, children, partner, will they hate you? Will they reject you? No, they won't. Those are actually the worst case scenarios and none of those are going to happen. If you put a duplex under contract that you overpaid for and it had a roof leak that you didn't know about, none of those things will happen. Your children, your wife, your partner, your husband, whoever, all those people who are the most important to you in your life, they will still love you, right? You can lose some money and it just won't destroy you. And so people are, uh, you know, they're really afraid. But once you start kind of unpacking it, you realize like, okay, the worst case scenario just isn't that bad. And once you realize that, it's like, okay, we'll go ahead and do it. Right. And we don't do things like it's hard for me to actually relate to people who don't do things because I am (laughs) so like, you know, it's like. Oh, I have this idea. Yeah. You know, like I have, you know, like I talk to my friends and I'm like, oh, you want to have this thing? Okay, great. It's done. You know, like it's, but it's like me, these major things. Like I really wanted a place in Mammoth. And three weeks later, I closed on a place in Mammoth. Had the idea one evening, like the next day I was under contract and three weeks later I closed. So I just, I just do it. Like I just get out there and do it. But I think you've you've got to do it. Whatever the thing is where you're, what you're saying, like really try to delve in, like what's your excuse for not doing it and really try to delve into that and realize that the 
that losing money is, I mean, of course it's not ideal, but it's better than not taking action. Honestly, like I, you know, like the people still loving you and you not being homeless and all these things, like we're in such an amazingly privileged position in the world to live at this time. You know, like I think about being born like a gay woman anywhere in the world, anywhere, anytime in history. And I just think, man, like I won the lottery because Mm. 99 times in the world that I was born, things do not look that good, you know, and they look amazing. Like look at all the opportunities that I have. And my friend and I, like my business partner is also a woman. And so we always joke, like, what if we were born in Saudi Arabia? What if we were born? Sorry, if anyone's from Saudi Arabia, I know they're changing, but like, there are so many places in the world where people don't have opportunity, especially women and where gay people are persecuted. And, and that is, none of that is true for me. And it's so, it's such an amazing opportunity. And so I, I also encourage people to like, look at that, like, look at how fortunate you are to live in a modern world where you can be vaccinated against a virus, where you can live with running water, where the infant mortality rate is like zero, you know? Yeah. Like we are so, so, so fortunate. And so remembering that and then just, yeah, delving in. Like I remember talking to, I was talking to so random to this woman in line at a wedding for like the buffet. And she was like, you just got back from hiking in Norway. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I love backpacking. And she's like, you just like went to Norway by yourself and you just went hiking. And I was like, yeah, that that's just what I did. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff I do. And she was like, well, what if you like break your leg? And I'm like, what if I don't and I have a great time? I think our brains, like we, you know, we're descended from pessimists, right? And our brains want to go to that worst case scenario. But so many times the worst case scenario doesn't happen. And then even if it does, the outcome isn't even that bad. Mm -hmm. Like, would I die (laughs) if I broke my leg? No, I wouldn't die. No, it's one of my favorite Ritma sayings, actually, um, because you and Clay are known in the family for doing these like what we call death marches or like epic tramps across New Zealand. And you come back with incredible stories. And Clay always tells me before he takes me on some like crazy hike with like no food and like not enough water. um, He's like, you might be miserable, but you're not going to die you know, and it's just so funny. And he told me that about flying too, but there's something about this attitude that is so inspiring to me. Like I'm definitely like fear-based and, you know, have an anxious mind. And so marrying into this family and you and Claire are also very similar in the sense that like you both have a generally like optimistic outlook on things and like are willing to take risks and just like be really grounded in how you think about these, like for one, for someone else might feel like a really, really big decision or really scary decision. And I think this path that you've opened up to call it self-realization or even self-optimization is just whatever works for you. Like, I'm so glad that astrology rang true for you. Right. And if it didn't, I would have sent you on another path and I would have tried to steer you in another direction. But for me, it's like this path to love or this path to God or this path to self-optimization. Like we are here 
in this body, in this time with this technology and this mind and doing this kind of work, whether it's totally strategic or totally woo-woo, whatever it takes to get you to being like the best version of yourself. So you can be really good at being yourself and then like spread the love and light to other people is really exciting to me. And just grabbing those tools in your toolkit and just being able to add now because you're so open and so curious, like, you know, you have like a holistic toolkit where you're still going to crunch the numbers. You're still going to talk data. And also you're going to like sit back, close your eyes and like, think about it because you know yourself really, really well now. So anyway, just congrats on doing all that work because you really are inspiring. I think a lot of people in your world, um, with your story and me obviously and clay. So I would love to make a jump now into the details. Um, it's so fun talking about your journey, but you are a real estate expert and I just want to, you know, suck the juice as they say, or suck the marrow, which clay hates when I say that, um, out of this conversation, because there's so many people out there who I think are so intimidated, um, by investing and you have like all of these incredible strategies and theories and methods. Now you have an app and I want to talk about that. So first things first, why buy rental properties? Why is investing in real estate a good idea? Like explain it to me like I'm five. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, explain it to you like you're five. I think, well, when, you know, my personal journey is kind of like when I first got some money, I thought, oh, I should probably like, I don't know, what are you supposed to do with your money? And I remember asking, you know, several people, like I asked my dad, I asked, um, I think I had a, like a financial advisor and I asked like a friend of mine, basically I never really got a great answer on like what to do with your money. Mm -hmm. And so I read some different books and, you know, ultimately there's a lot of different philosophies around, you know, what you should do with your money. Like there's, there's this Ramit Sethi book called like, I will teach you to be rich. And the title of that book will, should be, I will teach you to be mediocre and average. So (laughs) (laughs) sorry, Ramit, hopefully you're not listening. So (laughs) There's just like this really, really standard financial advice. And the problem with a lot of it is that it's just very, very slow path to wealth. You know, will it work? I don't know. It depends on what your goals are. And so there's all these, you know, people pushing these 401k plans and all these things. And it's like, okay, yeah, like I see your, I see you telling me about the standard path. I hear you regurgitating things that you've heard on podcasts or from financial advisors or whatever you may have heard, but like, what do you really want? And then how are you going to get that? You know? And so if you are able to build, I think we can all agree that no one's ever really sad about having like, I don't know, a million bucks in assets or in the bank, right? Double that, triple that. You're never really sad about that. So let's so, say that's yeah. my goal. Like yeah. just like keeping it. Cause you've generated like a lot of revenue and it can feel it even to me feels like, okay, I want to, I get it. Like I get that real estate investment and, and for everybody listening, what we're talking about is like rental properties that you're not going to live in. So like, uh, a very, like, just to be really, really clear, this is a like total investment. And the whole point of it is 
to serve as an investment, right. But using real estate in that way. So it's not like looking for a home or buying your first house. We're talking about something very different than that. Um, so if I'm looking to make say a million dollars and in investment properties or, you know, what, I don't even know how to say it. Um, like where do I begin? Yeah, absolutely. And I I will often say this to people that living in real estate doesn't have very much to do with investing in real estate. And so if you want to go buy a house or you want to, you know, get a house with an ADU or whatever you want to do, that's fine. Like go for it. But if that's all you ever do, you're probably not a real estate investor. And I am talking about investment grade, like just pure investment real estate. The same way that you're not going to go like, work at the company's stock that you own, right? Like this is just pure, pure investment. And so, yeah. So traditionally there are sort of, people will say there's four wealth owners of wealth generators of real estate. So I can take you through those. And then I've added another three personally. So I say there's seven wealth generators of real estate. So those are, those are cash flow. So cash flow is just the money that you have left over every month. You know, you buy a duplex, you rent it out, and every month there's $200 left. That's the cash flow, the extra money that's generated. So then there's also principal pay down. If you take out a loan when you purchase it, you know, that that loan is being paid down through time. So you're growing equity through time. There's tax benefits. Um, It just depends on, you know, I can't give tax or legal advice, of course, but it depends on your personal situation. uh, There are a lot of tax benefits from investing in real estate. Um, And then there's appreciation. So appreciation, usually when people say appreciation, they just mean market appreciation. There's actually two types of appreciation. There's market appreciation, and then there's forced appreciation. And so forced appreciation is actually you going in and doing renovations and making the the property produce more income, which actually raises its value. That's forced appreciation. You can control forced appreciation. Market appreciation is amazing because you don't have to do anything to get it. The market does it. However, you can't control it. Right. Um, and then, you know, so my three that I add, those, the, the first four are like the traditional ones. Cash okay. Flows, so I'm just going to, yeah, re, yeah, let's, yeah, sorry. I totally cut you off. Say them yeah. one more time. So the cash flow, money left over, principal pay down, the loans being paid down, um, tax benefits, and then market appreciation. Those are the traditional four wealth generators of real estate. Now I add to that forced appreciation, which I just explained, their real assets are also an inflation hedge. So whatever you know you might think about the US dollar, there is a lot of money being essentially printed and the monetary supply has increased like 40% in the last like two years or something. Please fact check whatever I just said, but it is a, there is, there is no gold standard on the dollar. It is backed by the faith and credit of the U S government and people are concerned about inflation. Um, and real assets are an inflation hedge. And the reason that is, is because as money inflates, the value of the asset also goes up. So Mm -hmm. it, so unlike having money in the bank, which is actually losing value, you know, that real estate or those real assets are keeping up with at least inflation, right? They're keeping up with inflation. So, and then the the seventh one is time freedom. So if you have enough money in the bank from your real estate or from cash flow or however you might want to do it, you get that time freedom. Now, once you have time freedom, you can go and do things like, st- you have time to go create a software startup. 
right? Which then is going to generate more money. So you have these opportunities then once you have the time freedom, once you're not renting your time to a job anymore. So those are sort of the traditionally the ways to make money in real estate. And so I, I don't actually think that real estate is that complicated. I think people are overcomplicating it to make you think that it's more complicated than it is. Or like, oh right. no, because stockbrokers will always tell you, oh, um, you don't want to invest in real estate because actually the stock market produces about the same returns on average as real estate does. And they say like, oh, on average, it's like 7%. Well, the, the stock brokers are only talking about market appreciation. They're saying market appreciation is about the same as the returns in the stock market. That all might be true. However, we just went over all of these other benefits. And the other great thing about real estate that isn't true about stocks is that it can be leveraged because it's a hard asset. So banks will lend to you. You put down 20%. They put down 80% and then you're getting this principal paid on through time, but you're investing with other people's money. And that is not true of true. I mean, you can do that with stocks. You can margin trade and things like that. But usually if you're talking about, you know, stock investments, you are not talking about using leverage. So, you know, there's a lot of, of benefits to real estate, but you said, okay, I want a million dollars in the bank from real estate, right? Like that was your thing. Yeah. And so if you want a million dollars in the real in in real estate in the bank, the way that you would do that is you would force appreciation into properties. So basically, you know, without getting too far into it, I do commercial real estate, like small multifamily commercial real estate. So let's say you buy like a sixplex. So that sixplex is valued on the income it produces. So if you can go in there and you can raise the income that the sixplex produces, you can actually raise the value of the sixplex. And then you can turn around and you can either refinance it so that you get most of your money back out and you still hold the asset, or you can just go ahead and sell it, take all the money out. And then there's something called a 1031 exchange where you can go and just trade up and up and up. And it's mm -hmm. not tax, you're not avoiding taxes, you're just deferring them, but you can actually defer them until you die. So we, we call it swap till you drop. So you, uh, <laughs> and then your children actually inherit th these properties at a stepped up basis. So at their market value. So those taxes go away. Anyway, it's tax. So you can go ahead and create, so you can go create a hundred thousand dollars in equity in the six bucks, pretty, pretty clear way to do that. Then you can go ahead and sell that and you can go buy a 12 plex without right. putting any more money additional money into it. And then you can go ahead and force appreciation on that one. And then you can sell it and you can buy a 24 plex and then you can force appreciation on that one. And now you can buy a 48 unit and like, you know, you can just keep, but so the secret to real estate, the secret to the returns in real estate, if there is one, is that you want to make equity in your properties because equity is by far. And I will tell you that I have calculated all of this. Equity is by far the biggest slice of the pie in that in that ROI. So you hear a lot about people talking about cash flow. Oh, it doesn't really cash flow that much. Well, cash flow is not a big, it's not a big slice of that pie in the overall return. It's important because you don't want to have a property that you have to feed every single month. It's hard to, you know, you're kind of taking on a liability if you have that, but it's really just a hedge. You know, it's a Anyway, so people focus on cash flow, but really what you should be focused on is equity. So you want to create equity. That is the secret, if there is one, to real estate is creating equity. I love that. I love the way you broke it down. I love how you have, you know, the seven different wealth generators. Like 
it's obviously to me, it feels like a safe, a safer idea. Anytime you invest your money, obviously there's a risk involved. Um, but like you said, real estate is really forgiving. And I just feel like I've learned a lot and I'm so glad that you're here to share this. And the second piece of this is I would love for you to introduce VastMap because my next question would be truly, where do I invest or where do I, where do I buy the property? Right? Like now I want to invest in out-of-state real estate because I'm sure as hell not going to invest in a property in California. And I want to find like the up and coming places. So I would love to hear how you created the discern method, vast map, like share that story because it's really part two to all of this. Like you're really revolutionizing real estate in such a big way because I feel like it's, it feels old. Like even the marketing, like they're still doing like flyers and like no one's really running Facebook ads. Like there really is a, you know, old school model. And I feel with this openness, with this curiosity and with just sort of like your constant drive to evolve and create new and create wealth. Um, there's just this idea that's like forward motion forward momentum, forward motion. And that led to like your whole interest in real estate has now led to this like software company that's like literally solving this exact problem for people. So Clay gave us a little tease about VestMap, but please share more on the discern method on what VestMap is and how we can use it to start even just like perusing what might be out there in terms of -of out-of-state real estate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the hardest things to get in real estate is location insights, right? So it's pretty easy if I have a property come across, you know, into my inbox, I can easily figure out, okay, it was built in 1956. It's 1250 square feet. You know, the market rental rate might be this, you know, you can get information on the property itself. But the thing that's hard to get is the location insight, you know, and you before VestMap, you were sort of stuck with like, okay, what do you do? Okay, well, I don't know, call your friend who lives in the market. Okay, call your realtor, you know, and try to, is this a good area? You know, why is this a good area? Or people would say, oh, go drive by the property and like, look at the cars. It's like, oh, okay, well, what are the cars (laughs) telling you? (laughs) You know? Totally. So, and you know, I have basically figured out like, okay, this is really what you need to know, you know, location, location, location. And you really want to be in areas that have certain thresholds in terms of median income, in terms of crime, in terms of the school ratings. And you just want to go into this location, eyes wide open. And people often say, oh, well, I want to be in the path of progress. Well, why do you want to be in the path of progress? Well, the path of progress is correlated with market appreciation, right? Which is the easiest, the easiest of the four wealth generators to get because, you know, you don't have to do anything. The market does the work, right? And so basically what the what a discern report is, this was solving a problem that I had is that a property comes across my desk into my inbox and I just say, okay, well, do I want to buy this property? Well, I don't want to go research it for like two hours to then decide, oh, I actually don't want this. I want to be able to quickly filter through them. And so what I came up with over years of doing this a lot is the discern method. So we're looking at the demographic group that lives there. We're looking at the income level. So median household income is key. Uh, The school ratings, the crime, how high is the crime at that location? The expansion, which is population growth, uh, the rent levels, and then like neighborhood indicator stores, right? 
companies like Target and Wal Walmart and um, Dollar General, like these these companies are spending millions and millions of dollars on market research. So you can piggyback on that by just seeing where are their stores located. And so, yeah, I came up with that method. And so you can, in about 30 seconds, vet a property's location. And if you like that location, and there are certain criteria that I'm looking for that I can I can tell you, but- Yes, please. Yeah. Well, and, and keep in mind that not everyone's investment strategy is the same. So there are certain things that are going to work for depending on your strategy. But just in general, for your average person who's like, I want to own rental properties. Well, what you really want is like affordable rental properties in B-class areas where the population is growing. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's basically what you're looking for. So how can you quickly figure out if that is the case, right? Um, and for me personally, I will never buy if the household income is below $28,000. However, some people could, like it would really work for a section eight strategy or a voucher strategy or th other things like that. But if you're doing market rate housing, I personally, my rent level is I never want to have a, a, a unit that generates less than $750 a month in rent. My reason is because CapEx costs the same, whether your rent's $400 or $800, like a new roof costs the same, a water heater costs the same. So you'll, and I've done calculations. Mm, that's so it. interesting. Yeah. You'll basically, you'll get eaten alive by CapEx if you do not have enough income coming in. And so my, and it would change, you know, based on the market. There's a lot of things that go into play. So I don't, you know, want to say, oh, definitely that should be your criteria. Some people would only do a thousand or they'd only do 1200, whatever it might be. But that is my personal. It's your so rule looking, of thumb. Yeah. That's my rule of thumb. So I would never want a unit that runs for less than $750 a month. And then correspondingly, then I never will invest where the median household income is below 28,000 a year because they can't afford a rent of $750 a month. Right. Right. So it makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. So there, and you know, as a scientist, like these underlying rules in the world, I sort of like to, you know, discover them. And so to me, that's like one that I have sort of discovered for myself and for my strategy. And so though, you know, looking at that, so that's basically the discern method. And then you never want to invest. I personally never will invest where the population is going down. Okay. You don't have to be an economist to understand supply and demand. You want to be in a place where the demand is strong. Well, if people are leaving, such as like places like Cleveland, where the population has been cut in half in the last 30 years, well, Whoa. that's not going to work for me personally, for my strategy. Now, again, you'll get a ton of cash flow in those locations. So if you're like, I only want cash flow, hey, be my guest, invest in Cleveland. Totally. But, um, so, so essentially, yeah, that's what I'm looking for is that I always want a growing, a stable or growing population. I have these median household income limits, depending on exactly what I'm buying. And then, yeah, I'm just looking at what, like what the rent level. So basically the discern method just lets you vet this location in 30 seconds. Right. And yeah, if you vet it's the so location, cool. yeah. And if you vet that location, then you're going to really dig in on that exact property and like what you're going to pay for it and all these other things. But that's the... A, the barrier to people investing out of state. And again, investing in out of state rental properties changed my life. And so I want to help other people do that to invest in these affordable places where you can, the average person can afford to get into these rental properties. Like you can make great returns in LA real estate. And I do, 
but you got to have a lot of capital and the average person who just wants, you know, the average, like they want to just grow their wealth. They're not going to have enough capital to play in that world. Right. You know, I just had like such a big epiphany about best map and it's like truly like this whole idea of authenticity. Like I always come back to this, obviously, <laughs> and it's a big word for me. And you started this podcast, like it's so full circle because you started this podcast talking about your interest in exploring the world and how that was, you know, with you from a young age. And then you took this like hard right to science and truly became a scientist and like at the top of your field and now are really leaned into real estate and are now at the top of your field. And those two things combined created VestMap because of your scientific thinking and your experience. Because I think a lot of people feel, oh, well, like I'm too far in, like, right. You went to, you even went to, you know, and got your master's, like you really went for it in the world of science. And then now to take this hard left feels like, well, what about all that time? And, and it's funny because I've been asked this question before as a guest on other people's podcasts and thinking back to my journey at the time in my life, everywhere I was, was my dream job, even though it's not necessarily the end all be all. And so like all of that experience that you had in building that company for somebody else rooted in science and all of this stuff meets everything you've learned in real estate is now this amazing product where people are coming to vestmap.com. Check it out. If you're interested in investing in outside of real estate or out of state real estate, um, clay is just come to life, um, getting to work with you. I mean, he looks up to you more than anyone in this world. Um, and like, it's just been so full circle to now be here on the pod, talking about manifestation, talking about your new app, like what is life? We have just created this. And, and I think like my point in having Lee on is like, just a few years ago, she's like, I don't want to live here. I don't want to do this job. Da, 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 da. I'm unhappy. And now like within just a few years, like generating over a hundred million dollars in real estate is like, this is rapid transformation. Like this is possible with the right tools and like truly leaning into your gifts, what makes you tick and like taking action. And I just love this. And I feel really inspired. Like my goal with this podcast is to like bring new content, like new, valuable, authentic, powerful content and like facts and form and stories influence. And you've done both on this podcast. Um, you know, you've shared the facts and you've shared your story. So it's just been really powerful and a great, a great share. And I'm just so proud. Like I'm proud to witness. I'm proud to watch. And it's just cool to be on this commitment to growth. Um, and really that's what it is. Like, how do we just like wake up every day, be happy with where we're at and also having a plan if we're unhappy with where we're at to get happy, you know, like doesn't have to be so heavy and so sticky. So before we end though, um, I do have a few rapid fire questions and I just feel that these would be really beneficial to my audience because you are such a unique guest on the show. And the first one I have is what are you reading right now? Or what is the last like really great page turner or really amazing book that you have read? 
You know what's funny is that I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I don't actually read that much anymore, except for I always read The New Yorker. And I love reading The New Yorker because it has like so much exposure to just all these different disciplines and it's really in-depth articles. And so I do read The New Yorker and I'm excited every week to like see what's in it. I've been a subscriber forever and it has so many good cartoons and things. But then in terms of, I, I actually listen to podcasts more as my form of media. Um, but one Please, that I you could totally counter with podcast Rex. I accept that. Yeah. Well, we were actually talking about on the walk. It's so funny because Clay and I are incredibly similar and we will do like the same things. Like I called him from the Tesla dealer and I was like, I just bought a Tesla. He's like, no way I'm driving my Tesla away from the dealership. I mean, it's like, it's unreal. Jamie and I, we laugh all the time that we're married. We married the same person. Totally. And I was just thinking with the New Yorker, like lifelong New Yorker readers. Do you know how many I'm like swimming in New Yorkers? Like (laughs) (laughs) it's like, they're yeah. everywhere. It's so funny. I know. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, back to so, what you suggest for our growth. Well, so Naval podcast, I mean, it, that he, my friend recommended that a couple of years ago, and he has this whole series, How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky. And he just talks about these perennial ideas of business. And I've listened to that probably like four or five times the whole thing through. It's like three hours long. Mm-hmm. And it's part of my inspiration for VestMap because, you know, I had this super scientific training and I really understand like geospatial data in a way that most people who do real estate don't. So I I married that with real estate and there's my company, there's my zone of genius. There's the thing that no one else can do because it's my, that's me. Like that's what I'm into. And it's the, and so he was actually the inspiration for creating VestMap. And, you know, there's a lot of equity in companies more so than there is in real estate, right? The great thing about real estate is that it doesn't go to zero and companies go to zero a lot. Um, So it's just a different, it's just a different thing, but the returns in companies are very, very high. And being an angel investor is actually something that I have been very interested in. And I, and I am an angel investor in a couple of companies. And so I, and I, then I tell the founder, like, you're going to hundred X this because in real estate, like the most I can ever get is like three X, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, so the Naval that if you've never listened to the, how to get rich without getting lucky, that's amazing. All of his content is really, really good. Uh, and I just drove to Lincoln, Nebraska on a little road trip. Um, and I listened to this New York times it's called day X and it's all about, do you know about it? It's all about how like essentially in Germany, there's this very, very right wing faction that is basically sort of like still Nazis are like alive and well. And it's really, really fascinating um, because it's just like, okay, how does a country prevent threats to their democracy, not from outside, but from inside. And I think it's true in the United States as well. And so that we have this kind of undercurrent that's anti-democracy, but it's coming from within. 
Mm-hmm. And so anyway, that's just something that I listened. Uh, totally. To. No, I think those are great suggestions. And I too love Naval. I quote him all the time. And like, um, my favorite quote is escape competition through authenticity. And I like truly feel like you are embodying that with this new business. Like nobody else could have even thought of vast map, let alone built like hire developers to build up. Like it's incredible. And that's just, is the power of, you know, owning your authentic gifts, stepping into alignment in such a powerful way, and then like taking serious action. So yeah, this whole episode has just been really exciting. And also his book is the almanac of Naval Ravikant. And, um, we just read that too. So if you're more into reading versus, um, listening to the podcast, but we too, because I'm married to Clay and Clay is Lee, um, have listened to the whole three hours multiple times through, but I've gotten a lot out of it. And I'm really interested in business right now. And I'm really excited by business. And I'm really excited about the idea of creating wealth. Um, so my next question is actually who inspires you the most right now. And so if it's, if it's Naval, great, but if, if there's somebody else, I'd love for you to share, um, whether it's like somebody's I know you're not super big on social media at Lee rips, go follow her and see all of her three posts. Um, but is there anybody else that like, when you get their email or like when there's a new podcast out, you're just like here for it. Hmm. That's a great question. Um, of who, yeah. I mean, Naval, I do really, really love his stuff. Um, and you know, I listen a lot to the bigger pockets podcast, because mm. that is actually what taught me how to invest in real estate. And I've been a guest on that podcast and it's a really well listened to podcast in the real estate field. But whenever those come out, they've actually started doing these, uh, you know, some, they do like two shows a week. Now, one of them is about investing in real estate, which if you've done a little bit of it, you don't really need that anymore. It's just like your story of how you did it. And everyone has like a similar thing, but mm-hmm. they started doing one that's like more focused on mindset. And it's all about like mindset and, and, um, atomic habits and like all these, you know, so you can just get sort of one of those books that you just get a, a something with the author, just write like summarized, right? Someone's right. done research for like 20 the years. Notes. Yeah. And then you just get to like, listen to a conversation where they explain, you know, their life's work in an hour. So, but that's another um, podcast that I, I listen to a lot of the content that they produce. I think that's a great resource is bigger pockets. If you're interested, if anything about this conversation sparked interest, that should be for sure be a next step. Uh, Vest map, Naval and bigger pockets and you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and my last question is just for anybody that gets into the biz that comes through your business that you work with, that you collaborate with, like what is sort of your bigger hope or prayer? I know we touched on it at the beginning, but anything else that feels important to share for sort of like the future of real estate investing, how you foresee, you know, this industry changing and evolving, or just like any sort of last words, um, for people that are like nodding to this whole, to this whole talk. Yeah. Just that these things, you know, investing in real estate, it's very, very possible for just the average person. And I think 
you know, a lot of times you think, oh, that's only for like people who are super high net worth or they've already made it. No, you can do this today. Right. And so I just want to encourage people that you can grow wealth through real estate, even with not that much starting capital. And it transformed my life. I didn't start with that much capital. And I'm just really, really grateful for how much information is out in the world And, you know, you produce a great podcast. So many people talk about all of these ideas and we used to not be able, like, it's like the democratization of information and it's, we live in such an amazing age. So if you're feeling stuck, like cut that out and go do the thing that you really, really want to do. Go have the life of your dreams. It's completely possible. I know because I did it and I did it in a very short amount of time. Hell yeah. Mic drop. I'm so proud of you. Thanks for doing this last minute with me. We were on our walk yesterday and Lee was just like on a roll about like designing your own life and failing to try and like, just like profound wisdom that you just like dropped into my lap. And I was like, we got to do the pod. And we like high-fived and it's just cool. I just, just adore you. I adore Jamie. I love our friendship. I love now, you know, by default of clay, we are, you know, involved in business together. And it's just been really cool to see what's possible for you guys. And I, I hear you like hashing it out on the phone and just hearing him so confident and so excited. And so, yeah, this whole vest math has done so much for him as well. And like thinking of him to, you know, pull in and really, build this thing with is just very, very cool. So, um, we're stuck together forever. So we really have no choice, but let's just make the most of it. (laughs) There's no one I'd rather be stuck with than you, Krista. Oh, thanks Lee. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Of course. And to everyone listening, this is such a cool episode. Um, I knew that there would just be so much value here and I just want to bring new ideas, new information and new content in this little corner that you haven't heard in this way before. So Lee just did that. Thank you so, so much. And until next time, keep growing. <laughs>